Whether you're just wrapping up the night shift or on your way to start the day, we got what you need. Welcome to the morning shift. It's the most mid-team in history. A whole new way to start your day with nationally televised reporter Tiffany Blackman. Any pizza for me can be a personal. Can't wait. Former Falcons and Alabama offensive lineman Mike Johnson. I've had my butt shoot by Nick Saban a few times. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. And Atlanta sports radio guru, Bo Morgan. Do you know who I am? I'm Squid Bill. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? It's a new experience. And a new take on a sports morning show. The morning shift is on. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now, here's Tiffany, Mike, and Bo. Good morning. We are here on this Thursday on the morning shift on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Mike, Bo, and Tiff here hanging out with you live here in the Kia studios. You guys have a uh, little bit of a road trip coming up today. It, Tiff, it's a big day. Um, I'll be honest, the forecast not looking great this weekend down in Daytona. So me and Bo are basically going down for, for a guy's trip. It's almost like a guy's beach trip. You know what I mean? And there just might be a race going on along the way. Without, <laughs> with, without the trip to the beach, we're just going to be looking at the beach. Yeah, 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 because yeah. it's going to be rainy and probably a little breezy for yeah, the beach. It's going to be a little bit chilly. But me and Bo, as soon as the show is over today, we'll be spending uh, somewhere between six and six and a half hours in a car together. Oh, you guys are riding together. Yeah, Who's we driving? Are. You know, Daytona is just one of those places it's hard to fly in and out of. Like It's a small airport, and so if you you have to fly into Orlando and rent a car and do all that stuff, and I hate airports. We've talked about this. I hate airports. So it's one of those things where I was like, man, leaving from leaving from Midtown like makes that trip a lot easier than it does leaving from where I used to leave the last few years. But I go every year. Bo's joining me this year. We're meeting – Four other guys down in Daytona uh, for a little bit of guys trip, and we're gonna we're gonna be at the track tonight to watch the duels, uh, the Thursday night duels that kind of set the qualifying field for the 500 this weekend. So I I, I don't know uh, I don't know if Bo's got a playlist ready, some podcasts, just straight up Odyssey app 92.9. I'm sure it'll be a little bit of everything. I feel like he would start humming to his favorite song, and then eventually, probably hour like four. Don't say it. You would get please annoyed, no. but not karaoke. I don't. You're not saying. No, gonna no. I, he's gonna. He's a hummer. I think you're a hummer. I'm not. I'm not certain. I'm. No. I mean, I'll, I. I do other things. I don't necessarily <laughs> hum. But like, you, are you gonna tap on the dashboard? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a tapper for I'm sure. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start playing with the radio. Like, hey, if if he's not gonna turn it on, I'm gonna make it work. Or I'll, I'll be very quickly. And, hey, man, you want me to? Uh, you want me to? You want me to play? You want me to pull up my Spotify? You want me to connect? Can I, you want me to connect to Bluetooth? Hey, uh, you know, Dell Junior's got huh. new pot. By the way, Dell Junior does have. Ding. Um, he does have multiple new downloads out. One of them was with Jeff Gordon, which was pretty interesting. I saw a clip yesterday about how the Hendrick Motorsports hasn't made a profit in 10, ten years. years. The other yeah. one is he talks about his Daytona wins. And I am very interested in that because he talked about the moment that, and I saw a clip of this part already, but when he won in 2004, yeah, but in the 2001 that he won after the July race, right. he talked the, about the Pepsi 400. Talked about winning that, and he said, you know, when you go to victory lane, you they they have the control of you. He's like, so I needed I needed I needed an emotional release. I needed to, to to celebrate my own way, and that's why he pulled down and and, and the grass and got on oh, top yeah. of his car, yeah, yeah, and does With that Michael whole Walter. thing, yeah. 
Well, Michael Waltrip always makes it about himself, which bugs the crap out of me anyways. Oh, but man. He's the only reason that Dale won that race, so that's fine. Uh, I think Tiff yeah, will well, be is seniors only reason why he won a five hundred. It'll be a it'll be a little bit of uh you know a little bit of my music, a little bit of Bo's music. I'm sure we'll check in and see who Stakes talking to with Sandra, and then maybe we'll get a podcast, and then we'll just put that on rotation for six and a half hours okay. in between our Bucky stops. Lovely. I you know I just want to appreciate you guys for going on this trip because it means I. I'm not here tomorrow. Get to show yourself what? So. Says who? Says the boss. <laughs> I am the boss. Wait. No, oh, really? Oh, the bigger boss? The bigger boss. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. yeah. Fear so not for the guys, listeners. You know. Fear not for the listeners. Bo and I will be live from Daytona yes, tomorrow you guys morning. Yes, will be live so from Daytona. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I, you know what that means? That means we're. It means somebody's going to have to make a coffee run. That means you. I get to do the good morning tomorrow. Oh, God. And I'm going to oh, wake up no. the whole condo. The whole condo building. Yeah. Uh, oh, I cannot wait. It's not going to be good. Gonna... Excuse me, but this has powdered sugar on it, and I ordered no sugar. Yeah. I really can't have too much sugar in the morning. Oh. <laughs> They're going to hate Tiff, you. what time are you calling in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you guys are really funny. Yeah. I just want to, you know, thank you for, for deciding to go on this trip. Well, good. Uh, well, it's, more, it's more, you can thank Bo. Actually, you were way. always going. Yeah. Bo decided to crash your party, actually, and then you took our show on the road. Actually, I can't take credit. You can you know, actually thank Mike Conti, because he was like, are you going? And I was like, no. He's like, you guys should do the show from there. And I was like, uh, <laughs> this is Mike's trip, so I'm not <laughs> inviting myself. You know what's funny, Tiff, is last year, <laughs> if you guys remember when we were putting this show together, that was almost a year ago. March 17th. Well, once we got on air, yes, yeah. but it was probably a year ago around this time we started having conversations, right? And so the first meeting we ever went to when we all ate dinner together, the, this this conversation about the Daytona 500 cranked up that night. Like, I started yeah. being like, yeah, I just got back from the 500 uh, t- talking to Bo. And, and at one point, you and Dylan looked over at us and go, I have no idea what they're talking about. I have no clue. Yeah. And but, that's why I don't remember what you're talking about right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, sure. I remember the I conversation. Was I, I was like, there. I was like, hey, man, what beer were you drinking? Yeah. What koozie did you have your beer in? Well, Where'd you had sit? A, uh, Bo had a, a vodka cranberry that night. I do remember that. I hope you do too, because that was alarming. I, I remember thinking, man, I don't know this guy real well, but kind of weird. I thought it was weird. Yeah. I had multiple vodka cranberries, actually. I was like, um, who am I about to work with? Yeah. Was, Same. Mm. That's mm. The, Same. I, I realized last night, I texted Mike at some point and said, might have overpacked. Um, I, uh, I, I, I unloaded seven bags in my truck this morning. I'm telling you. About. Wait, how long? You're gone till when? Come back Monday morning. Yeah. I feel like I pack less. Well, for... hold on. Here's the, here's the issue. First right, off, th- this issue. isn't a regular trip. This is an outdoor trip. So you have to. I, I forgot swim trunks for the Lazy River at the, the, at the, at the place. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Did too. you bring your floaties? Man, it's talking about what is the swim trunks, his Lazy River stuff. Uh, He's got Gore-Tex and rain gear and frog togs. I, I, brought, and... I brought a NASCAR jacket, a, reg, uh, a North Face jacket, a rain jacket, uh, three different, four different pairs of of, of either uh, blue jeans and then Bro, two sweatpants. Four different pairs of jeans? Yeah. For what? Well, one for each day. Dude, are you what serious are you right doing? now? Yeah. Are you going to put them in the freezer, too, between uses? <laughs> Shut your uh, mouth. Three, I, I don't do that. I brought, <laughs> I'm bringing three pairs of shoes, including a pair on my feet. I'm actually alarmed right now. Uh, I've got is... one pair of shorts, one pair of pants. And just so, underwear and socks. I mean, luckily you all are not driving through a desert or any place that lacks civilization because he would not make yes, it. Yes, I know. Talking about? I know. I packed two One bags. One of those signs that say, hey, 300 miles to the next gas station, and you're like, oh, God. Dude, I got like six pounds of pulled pork in my in, in my Yeti. Um, 
I've it's got not cooked though, right? I've got sixty-five beers, uh, a half, a oh, three-fourths uh, handle of vodka, um, sparkling ice with caffeine in it for the mixers. I mean, I'm ready to go. Like I am abs. I could camp out right. I got buns for the for the for the pulled pork. Um, I also have. I forgot regular W sauce. By the way, I, they're only I, getting I, actually. I, right. If um, I take everything back, I said I'm actually quitting. I, I'm not going to. You're not going. Yeah, I, don't not, yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I'm surprised I'm I didn't have to in. put the roof co- the, the, the rooftop luggage rack on for both stuff this morning, man. Forty bottles of it's water. It's like the, the opening scene from uh, a Goofy <laughs> in movie. The world. A Yeti. Three koozies. How many days are you gone for again? Guy needs to get his own porta john. You are at the condo. You're wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure the Falcons' new coordinators, the new staff. Uh, probably would not think highly of you. No, they would think highly of me because I listened to both their, all three of their interviews actually yesterday on Dukes and Bell. Of course, Marquise Williams is a carryover for special teams. We we know him very well on this show. But I listened to Jimmy Lake and Zach Robinson, and they love. They held their press conference yesterday. Yeah, and they were they sat down with Dukes and Bell as well, and they're prepared people. I know I learned that immediately that these guys are prepared, so they would love me because you know what I am, Tiffany, prepared. Mm. Maybe mm-hmm. overprepared. Maybe overprepared. Yeah, I think that's what's. Well, it's, I think that's what the alarming part is, man. They're, it's I, a, it's they, hopefully, they're much. overprepared too, though. I, I will say that. You know, I, I would rather them be overprepared than underprepared. I have to imagine that uh, that they're going to over overprepare these game plans. Well, there's um, there's a cut that that uh, I sent Dylan and Day Day that Zach Robinson said, and we don't we'll get to it later, where he he talked about. Um, his philosophy about because they were like, "Hey, you just gonna, you're going to be a run first team," and he was like, "Well, we're going to be whatever the other team is showing us. So if they're showing us a nine man box, we're going to adjust and beat them in the pass game." Basically, is essentially what he was saying, which is something that Arthur Smith tried to do here, but he got some heat from him at times because of the 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 the, the, the value you would spend on running back. But what I took of that is just like I took Are away you trying from, to say this is not fantasy football? What I took away, yes. No. Well, in, in one way. But what I'm really trying to bring it back to is he is prepared for every situation, much like the way I packed for Daytona. Yeah. All right. Sure. All right. Cool. Guys, this hour is brought to you by Morgan and Morgan. Injured hire Morgan and Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. We will hear from the Falcons' new defensive coordinator and offensive quarter when we come back. And also just want to let everyone know our thoughts are with everyone that was at the Kansas City Chiefs parade yesterday. Another tragedy, senseless tragedy, with a shooting. Uh, Upwards of 20 people shot and one person killed who happened to be a local DJ at one of the Kansas City radio stations, uh, Lisa Lopez Galvan. So our thoughts are with everybody affected by this tragedy. We will be right back here on the Morning Shift on Sports Radio, 92 in the game. Mornings on the game means more of the Morning Shift. Nice. Nice. On Sports Radio, 92.9, the game. I think it's going to be week to week, whatever. We need to win that football game. And you certainly know that running the football, shoot, I've played quarterback, knowing when we had the run game going, you feel great because everything else kind of follows suit after that. So uh, you got to run the football, like you're saying, 100% each week. It's different. Can't, not just going to jam it up there, if, you know, depending on what the defense is, is presenting. That was Atlanta Falcons' new offensive coordinator, Zach Robinson, on their plans to run the football. Yeah, let me break it down into four words. Run the damn football. That's, that's what, what I like to hear. Say, okay. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. 
run the football. And, and listen, he said it best. When you're playing the quarterback position, it alleviates everything else when you're running the ball and running it efficiently. That's what we thought we were getting last year, right? We When we sat here and, bro- and broke down what the season was going to be, what Desmond Ritter could possibly be, it all fell back to, well, you had an efficient run game. Even when the box was loaded, you had an efficient run game up front. You were turning almost all your starters on the offensive line. You should be able to do the same thing, and you didn't. And so, well, you fresh did. start now. You didn't because also teams adjusted to it the next year. That's what the teams do in the offseason. They know who's going to be on their schedule, and during the offseason they work. And they do they not look over and break down film and see what – and so, hey, when Atlanta comes in here, we know how we think we can stop that uh, that running game where, you know, Detroit showed you in what, in week three? We're going to load the freaking box. It's also why you split with everybody in the division. Yeah. Man, that's ex- exactly right. So – he he said what I think this fan base needed to hear is because last year, based off what we heard, what we saw the year before, and then adding Bajon Robinson, we thought, hey, we're going to run the ball for 200 yards a game. Home run hitters. And they said. Explosives. Yeah. And they said, no, no, no. The, the league said, no, 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 you're not. You, we're going to make Desmond Ritter beat us. We're going to make Taylor Heineke beat us. We're going to make Drake and Kyle. You guys got to beat us. And so they did a really good job with that. And then the fans didn't want to hear that because all they see is the running back at eight, and I get that. But he said what was music in my ears. We're going to do whatever it takes that week, and our game plan is going to be based on what these defenses are showing us. You said Taylor Heineke. You said Desmond Ritter. We had some shuffling going on at the quarterback position throughout last season. Well, here's Zach Robinson on what he wants in a quarterback and how all options are on the table at that position when he joined Dukes and Bell. Yeah, I think – when you look at that position, it's that guy's got to be the most competitive guy in the room. They got to have mental, mental and physical toughness. Uh, they got to be able to think. They got to have mental capacity. They got to be able to throw the football accurately. They got to have the inventory of throws, pace, touch. They got to be able to drive it when they need it. Uh, and then they got to have poise. They got to have competitive greatness. All options are on the table. But uh, those are the qualities that we'll look for in terms of somebody that can lead this team. And uh, excited to get that process going with, you know, everybody. All right, so again, that was Zach Robinson talking about the quarterback position and, you know, different options being on the table. Not giving us anything, right? Not giving us anything <laughs> that you want. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. You, you would what think. What he wants out of a quarterback. Well, what's funny is, like, you think back on what Zach Robinson was, and like I said before, I played with Zach Robinson in the Senior Bowl. Um, I know what kind of quarterback he was. He was a pocket passer, Mike Gundy, air raid, not air raid, the Mike Gundy style system where they threw the ball a lot, and it wasn't like he was going to be a dual threat guy. Could run when he needed to. And then, you know, he's been in the NFL now coaching five, going on six years, seven years maybe. Uh, and he's coming from a place that had Matt Stafford and, and guys like that. that were pocket throwers. But when you think of some of these guys in the draft, and I'm going to point to Jaden Daniels, the guy's going to run a 4-4, four, 4-5-40. Four, four, and that also looks very special. And so you kind of think about the possibilities with that. And you look, uh, look around the league, the MVP was Lamar Jackson. He kind of fits in that style as well. Um but it, it I, you know, you kind of look, you're kind of listening real close, like just, just whisper one thing that I can then latch onto about what might be the plan. I didn't give you anything. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> all <laughs> options are on the table. Okay, well, good. That's well, a, that's a good thing. Told February you what, 15th. You're, what they wanted out of quarterback, yeah. but I'm sure they are very much in deep discussions on what their draft board might look like. I'm fine with what it right now. We got one month till free agency, you know, so when he was show all his cards yet. Yeah, that's yeah. But when he was with the Dukes and Bell, I I did hear something that maybe, you know, cued you in a little bit to what 
he might want to do or clue you in a little bit because he said, hey, you know, we're going to work in keepers in the game and that kind of stuff. And what does a keeper mean? I mean, that's 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 that means the quarterback quarterback's going to move. Is, yeah, you're going to build some runs in with the quarterback. Now, I'm not necessarily thinking you're going to do that if you sign Kirk Cousins or you have a Matthew Stafford type quarterback. Russell Wilson, yeah, he could do that. Jaden Daniels, he can do oh, that. Oh <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Drake May. Uh, actually, most of these guys that are high in the draft, other than Bo Michael. Nicks. Bo Nix, Caleb it. Williams can do it. Now, Michael Penix, you're not asking. Caleb Williams can do it. You're not going to love him doing it, but he can do it. Michael Penix, you're not going to be like, not anymore. That's not – Michael Penix has changed his game, and partly because of two to. ACLs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, what do you guys make of the stuff that's been coming out for the last week? And we haven't really talked about it on here, but there's been a lot of whispers around NFL and insiders and draft gurus that – a lot of people in the NFL are higher on J.J. McCarthy than a lot of fan bases think they are. Like, some of the scouts are looking at J.J. McCarthy going, he's really next. Remember Jim Harbaugh came out, two, you know, a week, two weeks ago and said, guy's going to be, you know, top ten draft pick, top five draft pick, maybe the first quarterback taken. And it's like, nah, man. But there's been more and more stuff, more and more whispers on the socials that have come out and kind of backed that up. But J.J. McCarthy's a guy that could slide in front of a uh, Penix or a, or a Bo Nix. And so he's also a guy that can run with it. I don't. I don't think he fits at eight. I personally, no, he doesn't. Eh. No, but eh. Eh, oh, hey, trade back, get more picks. Uh, here's the thing about JJ He's McCarthy for me: um, is he Jaden Daniels? No, no, but he also didn't play in Jaden Daniels' system where he was allowed to sling it around fifty times. You know, I saw someone said to me, "Well, there's a reason why they ran it twenty five straight times to to end the game against Penn State." Who said that to you? Uh, well, Twitter. Twitter man. Uh, and I said, yeah, because he did, they didn't have to do anything else. They didn't have Harbaugh. They were on the road. They were dominating the line of scrimmage, and they were in a good running game. J.J. McCarthy has a good arm. He tr- he is Most of the time, he is very secure with the ball as far as not putting it in bad situations, although the first play against Alabama wasn't his best, wasn't his best play of his career. But he does those things really well, and he can move. He's got everything that you want in a new age quarter, you know, newer quarterback in the NFL where you can you fit all check all the boxes. Well, do they need a dual threat quarterback? Let's take a listen to Zach Robinson again. You look around the league. There's a lot of guys that can move the ball with their legs and they can extend the play and uh, do those types of things. You got to win from the pocket first and foremost. And those guys that are the special ones that can extend extend the play can also win from the pocket as well. And so, um, you know, the pocket passers, the Matthew Staffords, the guys that are out there, uh, you know, those guys are so, you know, it's, it's a lot of the veteran guys now because they've played so much ball and they know exactly where their outlets are and they can feel the pocket closing in and they can they can slide to those soft spots. So um, Matthew's you know, first ballot Hall of Famer and, and he's an unbelievable player uh, knowing that, you know, those pocket passers are, are hard to find. But there's definitely still some out there that, that can do it from that uh, that position. So um, exactly what that looks like, and, and shoot, we just want the guy that can can move the football. Like, yeah, same. We just want a guy that can move the football. I will say it's become. I think he alluded to it. It's become harder and harder to find that pocket passer. Guys that can extend the play are, are sexier than they've ever been. Not not so much a running quarterback, just guys that can extend the play. The Aaron Rodgers the Russell Wilson, whoever it may be, those guys are the ones that have taken over. The guys that are strictly not moving from the pocket, and I'm talking about Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, those guys, uh, you know, they're, they're harder and harder to find in the NFL right now. So, 
All right. Well, when we come back here on the morning shift, we will talk about quarterbacks being able to extend the play. But if you're extending the play, you got to have someone to throw it to, right? Maybe someone would preferably some speed. Let's get into the wide receivers on the other side, and we'll hit a TB's timeout. That's next here on the morning shift on Sports Radio 99 The Game. Don't touch that dial. This is the morning shift. All of them are really, really hot on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Certainly want speed. Uh, speed kills in this league. You want defenses to feel threatened at all times that you can throw the ball over the top. And, and until you prove that, until you have that guy, the field shrinks. And so, uh, like you're saying, certainly want to have somebody that can stretch the field uh, and do those types of things for you. We'll, we'll see exactly what that looks like over the next couple months. But you're 100% right. We got to uh, we got to get some guys out there that can roll. Speed at receiver. That was Atlanta Falcons offensive coordinator Zach Robinson joining our Dukes and Bell. And that is what this team look just I, might need some more of. I've been screaming this for anybody that will listen, is that the good teams in the NFL have a yak guy with speed. They all have a yak guy with speed. You, the guy that can catch the ball, take split the two defenders, <laughs> and take the top off this thing. Right? And that's you can have two different kinds of speed at wide receiver position, and some guys can do it all. Some guys can take the you know the Metcalfs can take it all or they can accelerate from the middle of the field. But the good teams have the guy that can catch the crossing route and go. The Tyreek Hills, the C.D. Lambs, the Zay Flowers, those kind of guys that you have to have in the NFL now. And so when I think of speed at the wide receiver position, of course, we we signed Scotty Miller last year. Um, he did not get the targets that we kind of expected him to. Drake London is not that guy. Drake London is not that guy. Uh, Matt Collins, obviously not that guy. We have to find somebody either through the draft or going out and finding somebody with value at that position to be able to get that done. And as many struggles as we had in the passing game last year, we could have been helped out with somebody that can catch the ball and run, an A.J. Brown. Give me that guy. But you're t- but you're saying, yak, you want some yards after contact. You want a guy yards that's a yeah, physical receiver. Yeah, yards after contact yeah. and yards after catch. All yeah. the yaks, okay. all the okay. both. Uh, all catch it on All the right. run and let's go. Because it, it's it just so frustrating because we spend a lot of time in this fan base – and you guys tell me if I'm wrong. Where we talk about the amount of offensive weapons we have. Yeah, we did. We did, we did the going I, into this season the whole I time. I just don't see it as plentiful as other people do. Uh, I, I see we have right now. We have a Bijan who had a good rookie year, right? We have Drake London who is great at the fifty-fifty balls, back shoulder things, and we have a Kyle Pitts who's been dinged up, and there's been questions about what he is. That like we can't just keep saying they're all first rounders and saying, oh, we're great offensive skill position. No. We're not right now. We need that extra weapon to be able to take us over the top. Well, that that is where I blamed Arthur Smith because he did. Look, you can help these guys out. Why is why is Kyle Pitts run these building these little crossing routes, these little shallow drag routes? Because what are those routes doing? They're running away from the defender. So you hit the guy actually on the run. You're running away. That leads to more yak, if you want to call it yards after the catch. Bajon Robinson. That's perfect. We know the speed. He's a home. Kyle Pitts and Bajon Robinson, when 100% healthy, are home run hitters. They have that speed. But you've got to design plays to bring that out in them. And too many times, this was a there were two-man passing routes or they were they were comeback routes. They, the guys were just – there wasn't stuff built in for that. Now, you still need more at the receiver position. And a lot of these guys were, uh, were one-year deals. Could Daryl Hodges is a guy the last coaching staff loved because he could do some of the yak stuff, yeah. but you didn't get him the ball in those situations to to really exploit that. So for to me is I agree with you. You do need more, 
A lot of guys are free agents, so one-year deal stuff, so you're going to have the opportunity to, to, to address that easily. But, uh, but, but it also is in your concepts, and that's something that Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, that system, uh, Mike McDaniels does. They put the guys in space where they're running away from defenders, and if you can hit them, on time and accurately, it's all you got to do is be that delivery system, and then, you, then you're criticizing the quarterback and saying he's just brought Purdy. It's the old Andy Reid, what do you call it, shuttle motion when he was bringing down that uh, Super Bowl-winning play the other day where he's you know motioning inside of the bunch and then breaking back outside. Yeah. We, just, we didn't get enough. We didn't get enough in that Arthur Smith system. And, and whether or not you want to blame, um, you know, hey, this guy didn't pan out the way you thought it was, that all falls back on Arthur Smith. And no matter, no matter if you think it's a player, a development, a skill set, a scheme, no matter what it is, in the end, it all does fall back on Arthur Smith, and that's why he's not here any longer. So, uh, creativity, but also having the guys like the Puka Nakua's of the world where you can find that's that guy I, that is next level that can get it done. And he's such a physical player. Yes. Just, it's all encompassing. I, I, I'll be curious, Tiff, to your point, what they what their plan is for Van Jefferson, if there is a plan, um, because that's a guy that they all know very, very well. And so, he, he, he had a lot of upside, and you get Puka Nakua in the role over there, and you're like, eh. Maybe we don't need Van Jefferson. Let's ship him steal. over to Atlanta. <laughs> and now they're back with him. And so we'll yeah. see kind of what the what the future holds for that situation. Well, let's hit a TB's timeout. Now listen up. Now let's take a look at what's going on in Tiffany's world. The same fun with TB's timeout on the morning shift. Brought to you by MaximumCashHomeBuyers.com. Fair cash offers for as-is homes. Don't waste your time with repair. Call 678-902-2000. in the mood here this morning to really put you guys on blast. I'm absolutely <laughs> terrified right now. How? Dylan just walked evil in. Laugh. Music started playing. I just would like to know what each of you did for your Valentine's they, Day. We are, didn't really dive into a whole lot of details earlier. Are we holding the kangaroo And so I just would like thought, to be the judge here. I've I just came up this. with this and I thought I've said what I did. Break. It just things Don't just pop that. in my head. Nobody needs to know how the sausage just, is made. Tim. It's just pop in my head. And wow, I was like, what thought. if these guys? Who do you oh, want to start thought... with, Tiff? Who do you want to start with? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lay off Bo a little bit because we we you know held his feet to the fire pretty hard yesterday. Day Day. Oh. I see you smiling back there through the glass. Well, Day Day's just got home from Dapper the club. Day Day today. <laughs> day day, so. Dapper Day Day today. Day Day. What'd you do for your lady yesterday? Um, we we kept it simple. Uh, we went. We had an early dinner. We went to dinner. We had early reservations. And uh, but you know what I did the morning or the night before is I always try to get the stuff, get the kids to sign the card, and then as I'm leaving, because when everyone sleep, deck everything out, put it all out, and so when she Ooh. wakes up, everything's sitting there on the counter. Chef so. kiss. And then, you know, so she amazing. wakes up with vet. love? Yeah, she wakes up, and boom, every, everything's just laid out there for her. That's a vet move. And then you go to dinner. And that then is, you go to dinner, yeah. Oh, that is, that's mm. going to be hard to Does beat. Get, that's going to be hard to beat. Can you give him a rating of 1 through 10? I'll save my scores. Okay. Michael. I don't know what to shoot Michael, for. Michael, what did, what, did, what did you do yesterday? Okay, so. Um, I saw an Instagram story. We, yeah, there might have been one floating might out there. Might have been one uh, out there. First of all, we went on a date over the weekend that was kind of, you know, when, when we have two toddlers, right? So you go on a date over the weekend when the mother-in-law was in town. That was kind of our thing. The problem is we, we had like this nice date night set up Saturday night, and we were so tired from the day that she just looks at me and she's like, let's go get a margarita at the, at the Mexican spot. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so I canceled my reservation. Um, so yesterday, when yesterday came, here's what I did. We had to finish off because we got our kids some stuff. But I bought a bouquet of flowers. 
I texted her and I said, hey, I'll get our daughter. You get our son. Well, let's all meet at Waffle House. Uh, you know, that nice restaurant, Casa de Waffle, we'll call it, uh, just to make it sound a little more classy. There you go. I got my son out of her car, and I walked him over to my truck, and I said, hey, can you take these flowers to mommy? Can you can you take them? So my son walked the flowers across the parking lot, handed those to 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 Lindsay, and we went in and had a nice, uh, you know, waffle with chocolate chips and whipped cream. It's a nice move right there. Yeah, and so uh, and then I put both kids to bed last night, which is just as romantic as you can possibly imagine. You know what you I'm know saying? You what? So, I'm, I'm feeling that too. Yeah. That parent right. love, that parent love language is different, Bruh. man. I hey, love it. I love it. Couldn't have given her a better. I've jotted down some. I've jotted down some notes. Oh, oh, and I also, I also sent her a text yesterday that was a, a thankful text. Yeah, but I just wanted her to know. Shush. I wanted her to know that we would be lost without her. Basically, what I said. Oh. I said. Oh. I said, look, I because she got our kids Valentine's gift, I think and he's I just said, you know what? Up. I said, I just want you to know. Call Michael. I just want you to know that we would be lost in this. I would have no idea where my head was at if if you did not get everything and hook everything up. Well played, up. sir. For I'm the not, sake of time, too. I need I'm not to... calling him a liar. I'm saying he exaggerates. No. All right. I'm going to, I think, because I know we need to get through this. Yes. Go ahead, Dylon. All right. Real quick. So I actually had a two-part Valentine. So Two-part? Yeah, okay. because originally we didn't know how much we were going to be able to celebrate yesterday. So we had a plan to do everything on Saturday. So what I did, I got the flowers, boom, mm. the the candy, the roses boom, what? roses for sure. Got the roses, got the candy, even got our nice little uh, a teddy bear that was holding a balloon, and I got her extra balloons too. Had that all set up because she was gone and she was on covering a game or doing something. So I had that all set up in the apartment. So when she came back, I wasn't even there, I wasn't even back yet from picking up food or whatever. So when she came back, that was all right there in the forefront. Yeah. The bear, the balloons, all that yeah. was right. The roses, Look at all, that. all sitting right there. Then, but we didn't end up going out to uh, dinner that Saturday. So we actually went to lunch yesterday. Went to Rumi's Kitchen right here in Colony Square. It was amazing. First time we both had been there. And then we took some uh, pictures. And then I sent her the morning uh, yesterday morning. I just sent her a text to like Mike, just be like. Hey, like, you're such an inspiration to me, just seeing you grind and all that stuff. Like, just an inspiration. I just want to let you know you inspire me to be my best, the best version of myself every day. No, I respect Stop it. it. That's sweet. Respect that is respect very it. sweet. No, that's so, good. That's good yeah. work. So there you go. I like it. I dig it. Bo, our Bo, Bo Todd, Bo Tad, what's your, what's Botado. your, your Botado. Botado, your Botado, <laughs> your nickname? I think it's well documented um, what You did dinner, what I yes, did. but yesterday um, was well, no, no, the no, day no. of love. No, so no, I no, see. no, the day of love, oh, hold on, hold on. You, you don't have to try to sound manly here, man, you ain't, it out. You ain't, you, you can stop. Be you're vulnerable, not, man, You are okay. not going to give these guys credit for doing stuff, almost cussed, doing stuff other days and not me, so don't even think that. I'm not, what do you mean? So we, we. We like a certain spot. My favorite spot is called Cherokee Chop House. That's where we go. So I got a, a move, uh, you know, as a mover and a shaker, man. I had to pull some strings, got us a reservation because they were pretty packed. Last night they had like 700 people there at some point. Or, and so, or reservations or something like that. And so we had to roll through on Wednesday, you know, dropped a nice little. Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. What's today? Today's Thursday. Thursday. I'm pulling right. Tiffany. Mm-hmm. So I dropped some, uh, I dropped some there. Catching strays over here. Well, that's just true. Um, and then we went home and had a nice romantic evening together. And then <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> steamy. <laughs> so, 
It's a family what does that show. Mean, Bo? It's a family show. <laughs> Put it in a family way. What the heck? He, 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 he showed just how much he's going to love her forever. He said he turned on the fireplace. He said, you know, poured a glass of red. Had to, hey, had the rose petals lead to the bed. Y'all, I wasn't allowed to talk during y'all's stuff, sorry, so y'all ahead, hush sorry, up. Sorry, how do you know sorry. that wasn't us sitting sitting there and, and cuddling together? How do you know what her love language is? All right? You don't know. You don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't do inspirational text messages like these two guys, but I'm very bad at texting good morning, and it means a lot to her. So yesterday I did text good morning and told her I loved her, but I, I wrote out a card that's as well documented yesterday that cards are my specialty where I express my feelings. So, and it's also her 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 thing. She loves cards. So I wrote a nice card for her. I had written out and give it gave it to her yesterday, and then we watched uh, watched Daytona 500 qualifying together on the couch. I think we just officially became the most romantic show on sport, yeah, in sports I'm, radio. I'm actually, no I had some scores, but I'll, I'll, I'll save those. Yeah. I'm actually impressed. Day Day, veteran move. Um, how long have you been married? 15 years now. Yeah, that's an OG, OG move. Leader notes, in the clubhouse right taking, there. Taking notes. You know? I left the text part out, you know. You did You, didn't you just kind of No, no, I no, I'm saying oh, I did left, text. Yeah, okay. I just left that out because, you know, I figured all of us probably did that. I only oh, mentioned oh, it because oh, it's out of the ordinary it, for me. Was, that was that. <laughs> All right. They didn't like, I got y'all for, for real. You guys. All right. He came for you hey, guys. They got it, bro. Mike, I was very impressed. Um, and I actually given you some additional bonus points for the loss without you text. And the um, kid walking with the flowers. The that's always a good touch. That's play. always a great, yeah. Thank you. I'm going to take a bow the now. kid. Utilize um, your resources. <laughs> that's right. So I think that was right. well played. <laughs> Dylon. You got bonus points for the follow-up text as well. I'm not even going to – you know, I was going to give you guys scores, but I, even Bo. We all did so well. It's pass did, fail did a follow-up at this point. Text. You guys all passed the test. Right. Thank you, Tiff. So you, I Tiff. give you guys all tens. Thank uh, you, Tiff. I just, congratulations. Thank you, Tiff. On a well-played Valentine's Day, and thank you for playing along. Thank you, Tiff. <laughs> nice musical selection there, Day-Day. All right, when we come back here on the morning shift, let's get back to the Atlanta Falcons and their new coordinators – you know, yesterday was a day of love. They talked to the media. I'm sure you guys loved a lot of what they had to say. Let's get back to it next here on the Morning Shift on Sports Radio, 910 The Game. Get your day started Go ahead. with the Morning Shift. Time for the show on Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It's a 7 o'clock hour. It's brought to you by Zero Res Smart Lasting Clean. Yeah, um, I was I was talking to you guys in the break, and something popped in my head yesterday that I was thinking about. So I had to go get I had to get my wife's flowers that I was going to get my son to give to her. And I have I'm not a big Valentine's Day proponent. Like it just seems very manufactured. Yes. Um, it is. which it is right. And so I've always kind of, I'm always like, eh. but something hit me yesterday when I was at Publix. Like no matter what form of life you are. That, like, everybody's on the same plane at that point. Like, I was looking around Publix yesterday. There's flowers and balloons and cards everywhere. And every single walk of life, young, old, no matter what your background was, was in there doing the exact same thing. And every man, no matter what the bravado was, the chest puffing, every man was in there swallowing his pride. And he was like, we all were checking out. We all had flowers, balloons, whatever it is. And every kind of dude's kind of looking at each other like, yeah, me too, man. Me too. Me too. Reservation tonight. I'm cooking. Whatever it may be. And I was like, you know what? I'm okay with Valentine's Day right now. 
Like, no matter what it was that I had a problem with, that manufactured as it may be, at that point, I was like, we're we're all one right now. We're all kind of coming together in the store being like, FML. You know, know, we're we're all on the same plane. That's... And I'm not I'm not a Valentine's Day like Scrooge. Um, if you want to celebrate love, love is great. I saw a gentleman on my way after leaving work yesterday on the way to the chiropractor, and he was walking, just looked like you know regular morning, juggling two cups of Starbucks coffee and some roses. Mm. And I was like, I love that. That would be my kind of. <laughs> yeah, he's probably cheating on his wife, and he's working in an office, and <laughs> he's going in there taking it to the mistress what? that he has in his office. God, you are so sad, man. Or are he you okay? woke up and was bringing her coffee back Did to their house. Did somebody hurt you? What Did are somebody you? hurt you? What are you no? doing? Golly. All what? Right. What's wrong with that? I mean. I'm just, we're having a moment, man. We're having a, we're talking about love is great and everybody's coming together on Valentine's Day and you just have to drop a deuce all over that story. That's all right, though. That's remember, okay. I'm not shocked. I'm remember, not shocked. Remember Jack Reacher? Do you ever see those movies? Yeah, I have. You know, like the first one where. where it's an Amazon show, too. I, have you seen the second season? No, not yet. I haven't either. I want to watch it. Um, no, it's just, there's something in there that reminded me of that scene in Jack Reacher where they're they're investigating the people that were were killed, and he's like, he wasn't he wasn't bringing roses to his wife. She didn't buy a watch for her husband. They were they were having an affair, yeah, yeah. and they were meeting there. I don't, I don't think that was Valentine's Day though, Bob. That, yeah, that was just a, that was a that was a getaway with your side piece. All right. So. Well, now that that went sideways. <laughs> Unbelievable! Oh, this guy. Oh, I, gotta, I know. Gotta bring some brevity to this show. Maybe you'll be happier if we get back to talking about the Falcons. Or is it levity? I I, I forget. You know, I, I'm I'm honest to a default, I guess. Yeah, right, Tiffany? You know what? Sometimes <laughs> I don't use expressions right. It very rarely happens. So you guys, next time, just call me out. What was uh? Maybe you guys will considerate. <laughs> <laughs> Call me out next time. Yeah. If you're a uh, original listener, you will uh, remember that word. Oh man, that's right. All right. I'd forgotten that. That's great. Good pull. Well, Falcons defensive coordinator Jimmy Lake talked about the defense of this team, and basically, hey, if you're a gamer, you're going to get in. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, believe me, we will play anybody that's going to play fast, free, and physical. Now, whether you're a rookie or or you're, or you're a twelfth year vet, fifteen year vet. Um, if you can go, you can go. And so it doesn't matter if it's your first year or your 10th. And so I'm an equal opportunity employer. I love, I love it. Uh, I know that there was a, I know that there were some fans that said, no, do not use those words together. But remember he added to it. He said, not just fast and physical, but fast free. There's an extra F in there for you. An extra F for you people playing without thinking. The FFP, baby. Overthinking. That's what a lot of players, though, will talk about. You can just get out there and just play ball. Yeah, it's like Bo packing his bags for Daytona. <laughs> not, 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 he wasn't packing fast and free. He was just thinking, you know what I mean? He was, he was just thinking too much. Four pairs of jeans for four days. Yeah. He said something that, that, that and, I, and I meant to grab it this morning when I was grab, I grabbed a cut uh, and I wanted to grab another one. And this is the one I forgot about. But Tiffany just really what she said made me remember it is he said, we are going to have a system that when the, when the offense comes up and the quarterback walks to the line, it confuses him. It's complicated. Yeah. But our players are going to feel like the system is very simple, and it's a simplistic system to play in. And I thought about that because there's been a lot of time. Caleb McGarry made these comments last year that, you know, this is a complicated offense. And I think what he meant was, 
It was that it that that there's a lot that goes into it, and and, and defenses don't necessarily 100. percent no, There's a lot of different looks, and it's made that way to confuse a defense. But people took it as it's complicated, and you just can't walk in here and get it. Which no one can walk in and get a system the day one, day two. That's just how it is. But when he said that, I was like, man, that's a really good way to put it. Like you're gonna think it's complicated, but our guys are our guys are gonna know their roles so well, and their, their roles are gonna be so so easy and allowed them to play free that it feels simplistic to play in. I, I love it. And, and, and look, man, I think that's one of the things lost. Um, the further I get away from it and, and what some people have not ever had the opportunity to see is how guys learn, right? I mean, how many times do we look at a coach's X's and O's? We look at an offensive scheme or a defense scheme and say, oh, this guy fits into that or they should do this or they should put this blitz package or this coverage or this motion it, there's two parts to it. You can put that in the game plan, right? You can script that up and think, oh, this is a great idea. But if the guy doesn't understand it to the point where he can do it very crisply, you know, w- w- and, and do it without thinking, then it's not worth putting in. And so I think the, the the teaching component, right, of having the simplicity of saying our guys will think it's simple is massive. I, I, I think that is the beauty of what Arthur Smith tried to do. And what we've seen guys do in Shanahan's system is, Everything's pretty simple up front. You're going to have like one or two running plays, right? But the motions and everything surrounding that, the protections will be simple. And so I think that's a huge component of what they're trying to do. Hopefully uh, Zach Robinson has the same line of thinking. Yeah, and we'll all be excited to see with this defense, though, with the fast and free kind of mindset, how the linebacking core can thrive in that system. Here's more from Jimmy Lake. You really said it right there. There's three guys that uh, you can be really multiple with. Um, a couple guys you can put up on the line of scrimmage and, you know, blitz off the edge, blitz in the interior. You got guys that could cover, guys with length and guys with speed. Um, I'm really excited about that group and uh, get these guys healthy. Um, what I really loved about last year's film is they played fast, and you could tell they played extinctive, and we're never going to take that away. Uh, you know, one of the trademarks of the defenses that I've coached in, our guys are always going to play fast, free, and physical. Uh, we're we're going to look complicated to our, our opponents, uh, but our guys going to feel like the system's simple, and uh, we'll make sure that remains the same. Oh, there oh, nice is. job, Bo. I guess there I did pull the, did pull the cut. There, boy. Uh, <laughs> Maybe they – I got a whisper in my ear. Let's do eight. <laughs> let's, let's run this sound. So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, you know what? You could have said that in my ear, and I could have thrown to it so I didn't ramble on there, Dylan. <laughs> I appreciate you. I just – I love the term multiple when it comes to defense because every defense in the NFL is now multiple, right? There's just – there's not really the shell three fours with the two outside linebackers and the jack and the mic in the middle and the bubble linebackers and the, like every defense in the NFL is now multiple to the point where you can say, "Oh, this guy's going to come in and run his four-three base or his three-four base." Like it seems like every single team is like that. It's basically when you look at the defensive line, is a guy in a two-point or is a guy in a three-point? Like that's what you kind of have to look at in the end, personnel-wise. We can say Calais Campbell plays defensive end all we want to, but if he's playing in the three technique over the guard most of the time, then you're you're playing a four-down defense. It's so, kind of like when RPO was the huge buzzword when the Eagles were on their runs. Right, it was an right. RPO, RPO, hey, RPO. Maybe it's called something that uh, you you heard a lot in the offseason, positionless football. Yeah, positionless oh, yeah, football. Position- Don't start, man. We're trying positionless to turn, <laughs> Trying to turn a page here. Well, right. don't, I, don't take us back down that rabbit hole right now. I, I think you're gonna start talking about fantasy. It's not it's fantasy football, baby. Minute. Well, <laughs> let me let me tell you something. When when fans when fans hear that fast, free, and physical, they're gonna think it's 2016 yeah. because it's so. But 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 we but that's the thing. I think we we get um, stuck as fans, and and that's I'm, first and foremost. I am a fan, and that's that's who I am. Oh, we but, know. But we get stuck in this um, this thought process. 
that we hire these guys that are ecle- like you know they called uh, they called a lot of people would call and you know, Duke and Bell I think Mike Bell is, is the guy that created this but he was like Sergeant Slogan is what he called Dan Quinn for a while because Dan Quinn every year would have a new slogan and it's actually pretty funny uh, when you think about it yeah but I think what we forget the rallying cry is all of these coaches have these mottos and slogans and sayings and whatever you want to call it that they go, these mantras. You know, what would Arthur Spence say last year? Sorry, ethos. It's ethos. Like, what the hell does that even mean, ethos? Like, I don't even know what it means. Yeah. And he's <laughs> saying it like, you know, like, and I'm Nobody like. Nobody knows I'm what like, it means. Yeah. It's provocative. Yeah, that's my ethos too. Like, what, what the hell is an ethos? I don't know. But, but he said it. So, yeah, I'm with you. Let's go, coach. I mean, so we get caught in that, and so people hear that. Don't get caught up in the fast free physical is what I'm saying. Listen, none of those slogans mean anything if you're not winning. But when when you are winning, it's it's a battle cry. It's like all over T-shirts at that point. If somebody's getting it tattooed on their shoulder, uh, you know, the, the, the ethos. That's, look, the proper definition of ethos is the characteristic spirit of a culture, era, or community as manifested in its beliefs and aspirations. Manifest okay. its keyword. I, st- I don't. I still don't. I, I don't even know what that means. You read a hey. bunch of words that, that don't mean anything manifest? together. Manifest. You don't know what manifest means. No, no. Like in a culture and thinking and thought. So what is ethos? <laughs> Who you are? I don't know. Somebody. You know what? Tweet me. Call me in the wake up call and, and give me your description of ethos at eight o'clock. I don't know. Well, in the wake of their Super Bowl loss. A big change just took place. Well, the 49ers will tell you who's out on their staff next year on the morning shift on Sports Radio 99 The Game. It's more than just sports talk. This is the morning shift. I'm in. Me too. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to huddle up. Bring it in close. Bring it in close. The latest NFL news, rumors, reports, and happenings. Within the huddle on the morning shift. From a healthier weight to more energy, when you switch your dog's food to the farmer's dog, the effects can feel magical. What sorcery is this? Not at all. It's just real food made for the health of dogs. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash no magic. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs held their victory parade yesterday, and it's like, what else can you? I just was so angry yesterday. Uh, Another senseless shooting. And unfortunately, um, upwards of 20 people were injured at the parade yesterday with one individual um, dying. And it was a Kansas City radio station confirming the death of their DJ, Lisa Lopez Galvin, um, at the Super Bowl parade. So just, um, I don't even, you can't even. Uh, yeah, I, 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 there, there's he, not a lot to add, to be honest with you. It's just terrifying. And it's unfortunate yeah. and it's sad. And, it, and, and I just hope that, I hope I never become numb to it. Uh, it just because I know some people are. It's just not. It's it's terrible. It's it, it's terrible, and it's um not a lot that could be added. It's just it it sucks. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, it there's nothing you can say. I will say um you know good for those those people that were in attendance that saw the suspects running and yeah. decided yeah. to take yeah. action. Heroes. And and that is something that is just so you just can't say enough about people risking themselves to save others, and that's essentially what they were trying to do and did. And initial indications um, are that it was not an act of terrorism. This is via NBC News officials. Uh, They believe the shooting is criminal in nature, but is not initially believed to be terrorism. Um, 
all 12 parade victims at Kansas City Children's Hospital, the ones that are currently there. Again, upwards of 20 people injured in this. Um, the 12 people at the Children's Hospital are expected to make a full recovery. Again, our thoughts and prayers are with the victims of another senseless tragedy. Yeah, I, it, and just to finish up on that, it's one of those things where we talk about it, and I know we're a lighthearted show. It's You have to shed light on it, and at the same time, you don't want to give anybody a bigger platform that doesn't deserve it, you know, if no. that's what the aim was. So you, it's, it's just such a balancing. It's just so unfortunate, man. It just sucks. Just, it makes me so angry. Um, we're going to keep it moving here. Um, 49ers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, he has been fired by the 49ers. Coach Kyle Shanahan detailed the reasoning for moving on from Wilkes during a conference call with reporters on Wednesday. Uh, and this was the day, by the way, after he said in a season-ending press conference that he expected the coaches to be back. So he went on to say via the press conference, I've been sleeping on this for a few nights and trying to come up with a few tough decisions, but this morning, but this morning, I relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. So really tough decision because it really says nothing about Steve as a man or a football coach. He's exactly what we wanted as a man. He is a great football coach, but just where we're going and where we're at with our team from a scheme standpoint and things like that, looking through it all throughout the year, through these last few days, I felt pretty strongly that this was a decision that was best for our organization. I, again, and I actually got to talk to Wilkes um, during opening night, just so excited to be there. Um, you know, ready to continue to lead the defense of this team, which, by the way, he had done a good job of, uh, you know, this entire season. So I just, I, it seems like with Wilkes, it's almost like the guy can't get, like, a fair shake in this from the situation in Arizona. He's the interim in Carolina and actually helps to turn it around for those few games that he's there, and then he doesn't get the job, and then you know all would know what happened to them last season. So, anyway, I don't know your thoughts on, on yeah. the change. If this is one of those things where something just needed to happen, yeah. like somebody needed to be the He's a fall guy. guy the fall guy. Um, do you I really need a fall guy after a Super Bowl run? Like, I, mean, I, don't, I, I think, don't know. It's just so confusing. I, I, I don't know what happened here. I, I can't tell you what the exact thought process is. I, I, I can say that maybe – you, you you leave that game, and, and this is a weird thinking for a guy, but Kyle Shanahan maybe left his hand. It wasn't our fault, because, and I'm saying the offense, because they did give up. They had uh, three leads that they that they yielded to Kansas City. But it's it. you were also going without one scoreless, of your best right? players. You held Patrick Mahomes you, and them well, scoreless in that. Technically 19 points it, in, the, in, in regulation. In regulation, yeah. But um, at the beginning of the game, yes. I think Steve, Steve Wilkes is a hell of a coach. This guy, you just read off the things where he's been wrong, but what what he's done through his career, uh, he's one of the top defensive coordinators in the league. They did fall statistically. I don't think yes, one I to three that. is the biggest. I mean, one right. to one to throw. <laughs> no. Okay, well, awful, yeah. awful, horrible. Um, what a- I just I don't I don't think it's that. I don't know what to say. I'm just telling you the things that I'm seeing coming out of it. Right. I'm not justifying it because. I would take a Steve Wilkes type coach on in Atlanta on my team or wherever I was at the time any day of the week. Right, and then that was my initial reaction too. Is I I looked at the news and I thought, okay, what am I missing? Right, and I talk about this a lot on the show. That there's there's some things that we don't see as media members. Obviously, that there's sometimes that you get inside of a locker room, and I'm talking about from a player perspective where you can say, well, this quarterback needs to do that, or that offensive lineman needs to do that. 
but there are personalities involved, right? There, there are there are ways these guys are learning. There are different uh, intelligence levels amongst players. So when I look at a coaching decision like this, I go, okay, what am I missing? Did they have an argument about the game plan? Did they have a difference in opinion about the personnel they needed to use? Was there a different trajectory as far as what they needed to draft and where they're, you know, what coverages? I don't know. That's the only thing that I could come up with that makes sense because he's been there one year and they had a really good defense and they've got great personnel. And I don't know if this is a window is closing kind of thing or an overreaction, but it doesn't make sense from the outside looking in. There's got to be some kind of inner story for me. Yeah, and the one thing I'll say about it is, is this is what I tell people when they go on these rants. Fire them immediately. Fire fire them. I heard people say that Dan Quinn should have been fired after the Super Bowl as the head coach, and, and I know the 283. But this is – you can't say that in one breath. And I'm not saying y'all are. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying when we talk about these things, don't say that in one breath, and don't be the guy that wants to fire the head coach or fire the defensive or fire whoever – every time that something goes wrong and then turn around and say, well, that was unfair because this is what it looks like when you have that mentality. It's an overreaction. Yeah. If they win that game, he's probably not fired. You're absolutely right. But yeah. this is when we say these things, I'm just saying, take a look at when, when you want to say those things, this is what it actually looks like because you see a really good head coach who did a really good, excuse me, defensive coordinator, football coach, who did a really good job all year, and into his out of his career, he's been one of the best. And he was fired because of the emotion off of the loss. That is, this is that exact thing playing out. So that's why I say, be careful when you want to fire people randomly or fire everybody kind of mentality. This is what it looks like. Well, the Saints announced that Clint Kubiak is their offensive coordinator. They had to wait until the Super Bowl was over to finalize the hiring of their new OC. But the move, of course, now is official. So that was announced this week, and he was the 49ers passing game specialist, which is why, obviously, these Saints had to wait on making this move. Um, you know, this is the most blanked up thing I can think. <laughs> but I hear, I knew Clint Kubiak, Gary's son, right? Knows yes, that scheme, yeah. knows how to run it. I hope he's Brian Schottenheimer part two, is what I hope. Because remember, Marty... Was a great coach for years, and his son Brian was a pretty, you know, ha- didn't really get along with fan bases anywhere he went because his offenses didn't do as good. Since Kubiak is with the Saints, it's kind of what I hope for him. And I know that's terrible, but I don't want to see the Saints do well. <laughs> you know what's the first thing that popped in my head when I heard this? I thought, okay, I loved Gary Kubiak's scheme with the Texans. When Dwayne, when Dwayne Brown was playing left tackle, and it was like the Arian Foster era yep. of that wide zone. Like, it, they ran wide zone differently than anybody else because Dwayne Brown was their left tackle, right? And he's still playing, which he's is crazy. Still, yeah. um, but the way they ran it, and, and eventually, you know, drafting Ben Jones at center um, and doing all those things, I love that scheme. And then I thought, I wonder if Clint was, you know, what was what was his role on that stat? And then it hits me that Clint wasn't there for that. Like, he's no. my age. He was in college yeah. for this. Like, he's he's playing college football at Colorado State when all this is what? going on. And I'm, I just I had to look myself in the mirror and be like, bro, it's it's just a weird thing. It's like, weird how much did he learn from Gary, obviously, in his his stops afterwards, but he was at Texas A&M as GA and, and moved on from there. That's what I was going to say. Was he there um, with those Super Bowl years that, that he, you know, not not the first one with Fox, but he was the coach when they won the Super Bowl in Denver. Yeah. He was yeah, the guy. he was one of the guys. And he would have been in Denver 2016 to 2018. Uh, he was at Kansas in 2015 with the Vikings 2013, 2014 as quality control. So 
He's been around. And Gary went there. Didn't Gary go there to Minnesota for a couple years as yeah. well? Yeah. Uh, he was uh, in, in Clint, um, Minnesota also 2021. And then with Denver, passing game coordinator, quarterback's coach 2022. So, oh, man. We, I'm, we're getting old. <laughs> you are. Tell me about well, it. I, I'm not. I don't know about you guys. So. <laughs> I it's heard. Really too bad for you guys. It's unfortunate. I was listening to a podcast uh, the other day, and somebody said they were they were 50, and, and, and they had to do things differently or something. And I was like, oh, man, I'm only like. Oh, it was Rusty. It was Rusty Vanzell with Steak. He's like, hey, it hits harder when you're 50. I go, oh, man. I'm don't cl- tell me that. I'm closer to 50 right now <laughs> than, than I am. I'll let you 25. grapple with that in the break. Uh, this hour brought to you by Zero Res. Smart. Lasting clean. We got some Hawks to talk about when we come back. We also got it mic'd up. Something happened yesterday as I was preparing for this drive and this trip. Something happened yesterday that I, maybe I'm just a rule follower. I went to a car wash and I was enraged at what I saw around me yesterday. There's just some social faux pas going on that I just I can't understand, man. We'll talk about it all on mic'd up on the other side of the break. Sports Radio 92 on the game. What are the haps? Start the day the right way with the morning shift. With Tiffany, Mike, and Bo. All right. All right. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back here on the morning shift and the Hawks. Shorthanded fall to the Hornets on the road. Brandon Miller, Trey Mann, led Charlotte past the Hawks 122 to 99. And that marks their season-high third straight win for the Charlotte Hornets. Where do I want to start with this? I feel like this is how every Hawks conversation starts. I, I just this is the first time this season. Let me let me let me just bring this home for y'all. This is the first time this season that the Hornets have won a game by double digits. It and they beat the Hawks by twenty three. That's their thirteenth win. It just and I know that you added pieces at the trade deadline. You added a lot actually. I think you added like four. Five five guys at the trade deadline, and I get it, man. You, you, Brandon Miller's a guy you're going to want to build around. You still don't have ball. You know, he's injured and all that kind of stuff. But it's just from the Hawks' perspective, man, I'm not trying to use this as an opportunity to, to you know, to dump on what Charlotte is. It just can't happen. It just, like, I, I was so frustrated watching this. To the point where I actually, I actually tweeted it. I was like, I'm going to take a 20-minute buffer after this game before I even tweet anything out. I am having the hardest time not mentally turning this team off and just saying I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm done watching it. Thank God there's, a, there's an all-star break because I can't stand watching this anymore and not looking at an effort or understanding of this team because it seems like the pieces are in place and we keep falling back to the three-point shooting is awful. The second half scoring is awful. The effort is awful on both sides of the ball uh, when you get in the second half and watching this team just come up dry again and again and again. And at the same time, a team you're supposed to beat on the road by, what, six and a half or seven? All of a sudden, they're hitting everything. And it just – why can't we have any – why can't we have nice things? Well, it just – it's that's – I'm glad oh God, I'm glad I'm so to, sick. I'm glad the coach <laughs> – I'm glad the coach and change fixed all these issues that we had that we we blamed on the, the head coach being too old school because it clearly didn't. And that's the biggest problem for me, and I keep coming back to it. And I don't know who – I don't know where you want to put point blame, but this team does this way, way too often where they come out – Dylan Dayday, how many times last year would he, we uh, we hear Nate McMillan and well the last two years before he was fired say well 
We just did, we didn't we lacked intensity or we, we we didn't really compete tonight. I mean flat. Yeah, flat. Yeah. How many times? That's exactly. Did you see that pass that DJ makes last night to get stolen? He just Dude, does. He's just like so. It, it was like uh, it was Ugh. like a warm up drill pass. Like it was so. It was just so lackadaisical. Um, like lackadaisical. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah Tiff. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, thank oh, you. Oh, I'm glad you said it. Now. Oh, so Tiff. So oh, see, see, you yeah. let Tiff go with that. No, I didn't. She's I on TV. Have. Nope. Anyways, it was. It's just. It's just. It. It is the. That is what this team is, and. What changes that? I don't know, but clearly the third head coach in six years or five years or whatever it's been isn't the answer. I'm not saying Quinn's not the answer. I'm saying just changing head coaches isn't changing the culture in that locker room, clearly. Well, you're spot on. It is lackadaisical. And I I think one of those (laughs) – I think one of those (laughs) – you know, we we've been on air almost a year now, right? And when we first started doing this show, my I always sensitive? had a I always had a small piece of coach speak that always used to stick with me about what the Hawks have been. And the, the I used to have a coach, and maybe this was saved, I don't remember who this was, but would always say the biggest opponent of great is good. Right? Once you're good, you don't strive to be great because you're just fine with being good. This team last year was they were good. They weren't great. And it was like the biggest opponent for them was just themselves because it was just they're good. It, the, the John Collins move, the Quinstein move, all that stuff that, that's happened since then, and somehow you're not even good anymore. Like you're not even good anymore. It's it's I can't say the biggest opponent of of great is good because you ain't even good. You're not even good. It's just frustrating to no end to turn this on and think that there is some way you're going to build momentum. And this is you finally got over the hoop. Maybe they're starting to figure out Quinn's offense, or maybe they're they're really starting to play up their potential. And then you you lay an egg like this bad heading into the All Star break when clearly your head was in another place. So yeah, that's how I feel, man. <laughs> that's how I feel. All right, uh, I got to talk about the situation I got myself into yesterday. Let's hit a mic though. It's time to rant. Excuse me. It's time to rage. It's time for mic'd up on the morning shift. Yesterday, I'm uh, getting the truck packed uh, as we, myself, and Bo are headed down to Daytona today for Daytona 500 Speed Weeks, Daytona 500 Weekend. Uh, I do, I did just receive good news, Bo, that uh, the rest of our crew, the other four guys, are in their cars, and they are uh, headed to meet up, and they'll be headed eastbound over from uh, the southern regions, uh, back where I'm from, the, the Pensacola, Panhandle, South out. Alabama. We're going to bro out. It's going to be a yeah. guys weekend. At least three of the four are listening, too. They've, they've, uh, there's a ding, yeah, bingo, yeah. Shout Madden. Shout out to the, uh, the Odyssey app uh, for that. So glad those guys are in the truck. Glad they're listening, and uh, I'm sure that there'll be a few um, cold units deep by the time we see them later on today. So yesterday I am prepping, right? I have a car that is a kid mobile most of the time. It gets me back and forth to work, and then it takes the kids to daycare. That's how my truck is. So I got the two... Kids' seats in the back. I get those out of there so that Bo can put his eight pieces of luggage in the back uh, that he's already warned me about at this point. Like, I mean, it, it's like we're he's deploying overseas with the amount of stuff he was bringing. Um, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, we had to be able to fit all that in. Anyhow, I go to the the car wash because I'm like, man, I need it. Like, there's like goldfish and crackers and everything, you know, gummy bears and everything else in my back seat. So I pull in. The car wash is slammed. Slam to the point where people are not even able to pull into the vacuum spots. And if you guys have been to these car washes, right, it says free vacuums. And then it's a U-shaped kind of parking lot where this, where the part on the right has the vacuums. And then you have to go through and pay for your car wash. And you come out the other side of, uh, and you go through the car wash. 
So it says free vacuums, but all the parking spots to get to the vacuum are diagonal parking spots. So they're kind of a one-way deal. So when you're le- you know, you kind of have to use the vacuum and then leave. Uh, and then go to the car wash before you leave. Oh, yours is op- okay. Okay, so you would pull yeah. in, you would you would park diagonally, and then when you backed out, there's really only one way you could go. It was through the car wash, and so you're going to pay for the car wash, which I think was 15 bucks yesterday, something like that, $12. Oh, that's a good design. That really gets you on that one. Right, so it says free vacuums, but there's really no way to get out of paying for the car wash at that point once you pull in, unless, unless you are half the people yesterday that were at this particular car wash. So... You're pulling in, it's packed, there's people waiting on vacuums, and I cannot tell you, I bet there's 12 vacuum parking spots that are diagonal parking spots. The amount of people that were like five-point turning to back the car out. <laughs> oh, Austin Powers? Of the, of the free vacuum, yes. The, Austin Powers in the corridor, in the concourse. <laughs> they are backing out of the diagonal spot, almost hitting the wall, pulling forward a little bit more, backing up a little bit more, pulling forward, backing up, and then all of a sudden they're going against traffic, against what the arrow says, on the drive-thru at the car wash, and they're trying to get around the three or four people that are waiting in line. And not only did this happen one time, it wasn't just one person, it was like six people that did this while they're sitting there waiting. Now, I get it. It says free vacuums. But it's very obvious to me that when you pull in, it's like a crab trap. Like, you can't back out of this thing. They want you to pull in so that you have to use the car wash. I was was flabbergasted. I was dumbfounded. The amount of people... They were willing to pull a seven-point turnaround and exit in the end so that they didn't have to pay the $12 for the car wash yesterday. Am I wrong for being angry about this? Mm -hmm. Yes, but I think you might be mad at the wrong people. Your problem, okay, I would not do that for the record. I would not do that. I would go through the car wash. But the problem is the design because the one I go to, you go through the car wash first. Okay. Actually, several of them I've seen. You go through the car wash first. And then there are the diagonal spots for the vacuum. There's towels so you can wipe off the little crevices of the yeah. you know, of your window. Yep. And then you leave. So it, it seems more so this is a severe design flaw on whoever this car wash is. Well, let me ask you this, though, because this is probably what would have happened in that design. Would you not have come through the car wash and on the other side people would have been coming in the wrong way? No, because you could just um, – I don't know because the way – I don't believe so because the way they have it set up, I know when I went, it was pretty, it was popping. Like there, it, there was no issues. Right. You go through the car wash. There's one way in. Sure. There's one way out, and it's super tight and it's really tight. There's no way you'd be able to pull that off because everybody was going Man. in the right direction. The, I was. It's I a was, design. But I, I know you are so a rule stick. You are a stickler for the rules. Well, it's not about the rules necessarily. It's about the the common issue we I feel like we have in this country is. We're, we put ourselves on a pedestal over everyone else. Now, I understand you got to look out for you first and foremost. Thing. But it's this deal where I don't care if I inconvenience 25 people right. as yes. long as I get mine. Yeah. We were driving to dinner uh, two nights ago, and there's this. our neighborhood is very populated with people walking the streets a lot. And we're leaving, and I turn out of the stop sign, and this, this, this Kia gets behind me, and he is right. They're right on me. And... And I'm like, okay, why is this person tailgating me in the neighborhood? So we get down a little ways on the on the main road, and the light goes. This is right near where there was a, a horrific accident just what a month ago, and we're coming up on this red light. The light turns yellow, like huge distance to stop. So I start to slow down. The Kia has now gotten beside me, punches it, and a car is turning 
as the, the light now turns red, a car is turning that turn lane because they realize everybody, you know, they were already out in their thing. The Kia almost hits yeah. the car. I know exactly what you're Slows down, almost hits them, and then didn't, has a decision. Hey, they could have stopped. No, they just kept on going. Yeah. Because you know why? Their time was more important than everyone I, I, else's. I had the same thing happen to me uh, earlier this week where I was in a left-handed turn lane. Or, I'm sorry, I was in a straight, and the left-handed turn lane coming at me. This car was so concerned with making it through their own light that they blocked traffic on coming. When my light turned green, there's a car completely cr- crossed in front of everybody that we can't now, we can't go anywhere now because this guy had to make the light and is now blocking traffic. I rate that was over in East Cobb. There's like eight lanes of traffic going every friggin' direction. Uh, but anyways, the the car wash thing got me. I was I was really mad sitting in this car wash line watching all these people dodge all these cars, do eight point turnarounds so that they can not Just pay for the twelve dollar car. Well, wash. Don't you have a vacuum at home? I mean, maybe not that powerful. Yeah, I'm I, don't, sure. it, I don't I don't know if it would have done but me any good. I wouldn't in my truck go yesterday. pull. I wouldn't. Not you. I'm saying right. like I wouldn't go pull something like that. It's just the same as people who are trying to not be in the lane that they're in, yeah. and then they pull into your lane because they realize they're in the left-hand That's turn it. lane, and then it blocks traffic. Exactly. Just go make it. Just go turn around. I, I kept. I watched the first one yesterday, Tiff, and I said, okay, that guy's a, a blank hole. Yeah. And then it happened another time, and then a third time, and then a fourth time. And I thought, am I the one wrong here? Like, am I the crazy one? But I one? do think the car wash needs to have a sign. They need to have something to try to deter that if, you know. So... We'll follow I, I her, but you're right, in this, you're right in this case. Yeah, I think we've gotten to that. All right, well, maybe you think someone else driving, someone else at your car wash needs a wake-up call. Or maybe you want to give one of these guys, if you were with us earlier, a wake-up call over what they did or for their the significant others on Valentine's Day. Or maybe it is the Hawks, Mike. Call us at 404-726-0929. The wake-up call is next year in the morning shift on Sports Radio Night on the Game. Yes, it is a lovely morning, isn't it? Now, more of The Morning Shift. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We are in the 8 o'clock hour, and it is brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Go to MarkSpain.com to get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing it. It's time for the wake-up call. You can call us at 404-726-0929. Speaking of wake-up calls, Tiff, is there any way that um, tomorrow morning um, uh, Bo and I are going to the duels tonight, the duel races at Daytona. We're going to be in the car as soon as this show's over. We're going to be going down to the races tonight, 7 o'clock. Is there any way, Tiff, that tomorrow that you could give us a wake-up call just to make sure we're awake and ready to do the show? Probably not. It'd just be be one way for you to be a team player. Probably not. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? what? You guys How you say things is everything. You guys came up with these. Excuse me. If you want to be part of the show tomorrow, excuse me. Give us that wake up. You guys came up with these little Daytona plans. Little, little, little Daytona plans. Oh, there wasn't even a T in there. I know. A T in there. That was the L I L. I wasn't even extended an invite. We invited you. No, you didn't. Okay. The only one that mentioned going when I talked to the was boss my, man was Mike Conti. He was like, I'm going to give you a couple options here. here here's you can some either... insight into this. I go every year. So Yeah, we knew you were going, but then you guys concocted this plan for a bro trip. Bo got to jealous. Go to Daytona That's 500. Not what, tell the truth. Bo got jealous. Tell the truth. Tell and Mike, the truth. Mike Conti was like, that would be a great show thing. And I said, I'm not, I'm not crashing his trip. Which you're crashing it with And Mike was like, you can go luggage. if you want. It, basically, the truth is in the middle. Bo but said something is, along the lines of, I would love to go, but I don't want to crash your trip. Had this been presented to me with ample notice 
I've been included in these plans, I no, might have considered no, no, you wouldn't have. No, you wouldn't have. Cap. Don't even cap. sit here. Don't even sit here. Yes, it is. Cap. Taylor Dillon. Dylan. Thank you. Tiffany. She needs the way. Come I, on, Tiffany. For what it's worth, I used to have to read the NASCAR Minute when I worked in Waco, Texas. <laughs> oh. As a sports director. Well, bless your heart. And every Wednesday <laughs> or Thursday, I would talk about. The drive. And that NASCAR minute, you know, is why you fell in love with NASCAR and why you would have been gung-ho to go to Daytona with the boys. Can we we cut the ish here? (laughs) Well, the good news is – Hey, I actually don't mind – I don't – I like all – I like Tiff, I got good news for you. You You know where NASCAR is next weekend? Atlanta Motor Speedway. So we – and all get together and go down to the track if that's what you would like to do. There you go. Oh, you know what, I Michael? I got great news. That sounds like a great idea for us as a team. Hey, yeah, t- quiet and you're all of a sudden, bro. Hello, hey, hello. hey, Tiff, so, so now you're officially invited to come to Atlanta Motor Speedway. Will you accept, accept or decline? Of course, I would be thrilled to go for all going. Oh, oh man. I, count me in. Tiff, that, hit those phone lines. Hey, what, what size shoe you wear? Don't put me on blast like yeah. that. Just, I have big feet. Well, uh, you know what? Don't wear the same size shoe. The, the, fact, the fact that you don't wear socks, I wonder how that foot tastes. Because it's, thir- it's squarely in your mouth right now. My dad is a large right human now. being. We have tall people in my family. I have long limbs. And yes, I am. No. Yes. It's fully yeah. in that mouth Whatever. Here, All right. You know what? You can open a fresh can and shut the heck up. We are going to <laughs> the lines right now because it's the wake-up call. Let's start with Mentee. Good morning in your 18-wheeler. What's up? What's going on, people? What's up, man? Mike Mafia in the house. Blam, 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 <laughs> little boo. So, Mike, how you going to ask the villain of the show if they're going to agree to go with you? It's just not happening. I'm the biggest. She went to Vegas all week last, last week. Did she ask you guys, did you want to go to Vegas? Absolutely Wait, Menti, I have two point. jobs, and that was for CBS, that so was I, gra- I could no, not extend it, an no, invitation. No, but that last night okay. she was there, though. Yeah. She was doing Save it. it. Save it, hater. Save it, hater. <laughs> also, also, Mike, that whole thing about uh, them, them doting you into going through the car wash, that's completely by design. You guys got to realize yeah. that. That's how they get you into the loop. Exactly. That way you'll, you'll, go, you'll concede and go ahead and get into the car wash, just like the casinos don't have any clocks. They don't have any windows. It's totally by design. Yeah. And every now and then, I, I, I wish sometimes I was in one of those old school box Chevys so I could just go right through the gate and teach them a lesson and drive out. <laughs> Good call, man. Good call. Oh, and and I realized it was by design. I don't the wanna... thing is, I go there knowing it's part of the design and knowing I'm going to get my car washed. I don't want right. to put Minty on, on blast, but I think his seatbelt little sound was going off, so you might want to put your seatbelt on there, Minty. Let's just check engine light. Maybe he was part. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. All right. We're going to Drew in Marietta. Good morning, Drew. Good morning, guys. Happy Thursday. Yeah, same to you. Um, I've actually got two wake-up calls. The first one's not so much a wake-up call. It's just a question for Mike. So I believe you said yesterday that you guys had agreed, you and your wife had agreed to more or less just not do anything for Valentine's Day or not exchange gifts. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. So did you guys end up doing anything? Or we, we took the kids to Waffle no, House, gifts. We took uh, we went to the that fine dining establishment Casa de Waffle and that was the that was our Valentine's outing. Well, that's a solid outing. It's a solid outing. <laughs> so good on you. Thanks, man. Uh, my re- my real wake up call is for the Hawks, man. I'm just kidding. I'm a, I'm a diehard Hawks fan. I have been since I was a kid. Since you know, um, you know, I'm not, I'm 29 years old. I've been going since 
the Jason Terry, Mike Bibby days where we were terrible, but at least it was fun to watch. Mm. And uh, now we're terrible and it's not fun to watch. <laughs> and I don't, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be more excited or care more about the games and the people who are getting paid millions of dollars. In fact, I pay to be there and they get paid to be there. So kind of backwards, isn't it? Yeah, I completely agree with you. And this, well, I, I said that earlier, man. I, I was fighting it on Twitter last night of saying, I'm just over it. It's, like, I'm just over it. It's more frustrating because there are actual expectations, and you know there are good players on the team. Um, you know, Trey and DeJounte, you know, there's Jalen. You know, those, those are guys that can play. So that makes it even more frustrating when they look like that. I agree. Back to the lines. Good morning, Daniel and Decatur. Good morning, y'all. Uh, I totally agree with my guy. People are just ignorant. Atlanta is the number one city for the worst drivers. So <laughs> where I got to go is more important than where you got to go, and I'm going to get there. So I think that's what, that, that kind of irritates me. Um, driving oh. here down here has made me really not like people, uh, and that hasn't <laughs> Sound helped. like me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, bring in the waste management truck and uh, bring the whole hot roster out and just put them in there. Um, yeah, I'm just <laughs> – I'm very disappointed. Um, I'm from Seattle. I was raised in Atlanta, so I love Nate McMillan. So when I saw them get rid of him, I was just kind of like, yeah, that's. I felt like that was a that was a, a a good move for you know for the Hawks to have him in. But let me ask you guys a question: Why don't we bring nobody with a big name to the city? A Paul George, a, you know, a this, a that, like, and it seems like that with all Atlanta sports. We don't bring nobody big to the city. What is up with that? Like, I don't understand. Do we not have the money? Can't say we don't have the money. This is Atlanta. <laughs> I don't listen. I don't want to get it too out of pocket here, but there was always a thought process around uh, you know some oh, guys yeah. not wanting to come here. NBA was, in particular. Well, in, in, in any sport, to his point, there was always the thought process that most of their side pieces. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you never heard that. Oh, that's uh, that, that hey, runs deep. That they is don't wanna, a, hey, they don't want to get here with the with, you know they don't want those problems. That's like the, I don't know though. I don't know the answer to this question. That's almost as bad. That's gotten to the point where it's almost as bad as like the uh, the Babe Ruth, the Bambino curse in Boston used to be, or the goat in, in Chica- uh, yeah, Chicago with the Cubs used to be. I mean that's that's a real a real 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 deep deep theory. Why have I not? And the heard NBA that was the one that it always was the worst with. Um, I can see that, but but <laughs> I yes, I did not. I'll say this though. I think like, I think I we have that is, that's a possibility. I think it's I think we've had some guys. Look, I think baseball the Bra- You know, remember back in the day, Braves got Greg Maddox when he was one of the biggest uh, free agent acquisitions. You know, I think Jesse Bates was a big name at the time at his position. I don't think came early nineties Greg Maddox is quite what we're talking about. Worried about a side piece. Well, um, I, maybe man. I mean, he, nerds get it in too. Uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, oh. Oh. Did I say that, Garrett? Yeah. Okay. Oh. What? Somebody cut that, please. Thank what? you. It's I and I, I would I would say it's all men. So anyway, all right, <laughs> let's go back to the lines now. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, folks. Uh, good morning, <laughs> Chief. What's going on? Chief. <laughs> Finally, Chief has come back <laughs> to the morning shift. What's up, buddy? Uh, this morning, when I turned the radio on, you guys were talking all mushy. And it just touched my heart. I, I'm going to tell you, Tiffany, you did a great job running point with that whole assessment. Because, Thank you. Yeah, you, you got the guys to you know, pour their feelings out and everything. And I thought it was real neat. I, mean, I got a little advice for you guys. I've been married 33 years. Oh, man, congratulations. 30, 30, 33, two kids, a dog, and a wife, and a mom, everything, the whole the whole bit. The best thing you guys did yesterday was keep stuff simple. The simpler it is, 
the better it is. Your wife will always remember the simple stuff. All the fancy stuff with the expensive jewelry, that's nice, but they always will remember the simple stuff. This is the love, doctor. I'm out. Um, all right. Yeah, to to his point, that. when I texted, you know, I, I, I said I'd text my wife, and I was like, we'd be lost without you. She just texted me back and said, that's all I needed. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about that, Chief. There is. Simple. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. All right. We're going to O-Dog. What's up, Otis? What's up? What's up? Hey, I told I told you, Squid, that the mafia, we going to take over, bro. Yes, we taking sir, over. Squid. What are you talking about? We just, had, we, just had a, we just had a nation member on in chief, so Sit I don't know what you're talking squid. about, Otis. The real y'all, Otis y'all looking a, weak, man. Y'all looking <laughs> weak, Squid. I'm telling you, mafia, we taking <laughs> over, baby. Hey, we taking over. Chief didn't hey, even look, drop look. a Squid Nation on us either. He didn't say one word about it. That's because he was all love struck. No, he was, emba- <laughs> he was embarrassed. He was embarrassed to be a member. <laughs> hey, look, hey, look, guys, look, hey, I'm calling in, first of all, with this wake-up call um, for the owner of the Atlanta Hawks mm. to uh, wrestle. Look, 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 bro, look. Dig in them billion-dollar pockets. I hope he listen. Dig into them billion-dollar pockets and, like, let's get somebody. Like, I think we missed out on that guy from Indiana. Um, oh, that guy went in there, Siakam. Yeah, Siakam we could have yeah. got him. The problem is... The our owner, it ain't. We don't have a problem with Trey Young. We don't have a problem with uh, uh, our coach. We don't have a. We got a problem with spending money. And before I leave, I'm gonna say this: I learned a long time ago. You know, I, I live in Cottage Park, 20 years. I learned this from a pimp. He told me this: scared money don't make money. Come on, let's get it. Well, good like, morning. You know, of course. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag Mike's Mafia. I mean, is that what you got? No wonder you know about the side pieces so well, Mike. Uh, the the pimps, the pimps are in hey, uh, Mike's Mafia. An incredible phone call. I'll say he's this. Saying what we're all thinking. I'll say this, Otis. I can guarantee that there are some people from the Hawks that do listen to this radio station. I've found out firsthand. Uh, secondly, uh, what was the uh, what was the second part? He said something. I had something. I don't know. Scare money don't make money. Oh that's yeah, what he said. and he's Look, speaking the truth. Um, Tired of it, man. I don't know what to say. Siakam, that, the Siakam thing was. Oh, I don't Siakam, know if it was about picks it was. or whatever. He, no, I, he was. He wasn't going to resign here. He no, did not want to resign here, it, it just, and he made it very clear. There's, there's, there's he, just something, man. I don't know. That whole thing with the Siakam trade was is he he made it very clear wherever he went, it had to be somewhere he wanted to resign, and I guess he didn't want to resign here. All right, when we come back here on the morning shift, the Atlanta Falcons' new coordinators at an introductory press conference. We'll get you the latest from that next here on Sports Radio 99 The Game. Nerds get it in, too. We're going to get on down now. We're talking all things Atlanta sports and beyond. This is the morning shift. Make some noise! On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Baby. We're back here on the morning shift. Uh, we also will do a life of squid in this segment here. Bro, are you are you with us? I know you're on your phone right now, probably tweeting angrily at people. Oh man. Um, or maybe you're online shopping. But I will say we were I just sent the guys the video. There's a, a clip, one of those inside the NFL kind of things of Patrick Mahomes at the coin toss going into overtime. And the look on his face when the 49ers elected to receive his face, they just captured it so <laughs> he's like, What? It's almost like you're trying it's to hide a so smile or key. so yeah. yeah. It's so he's low shocked. key, but you can see just a slight widening of the eyes and him going, Oh, 
Didn't expect that. They're going to give me the oh, ball. Oh, wow. So we're going right. to get to choose which way we're going and have the ball. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Easy. Yeah. Slam dunk. It is funny, though. You can. It's written all over his face, his reaction. <laughs> what? If I was a 49ers player, I think I forget who was up there for the coin toss. I would have been like, hey, uh, actually, let me change my mind based on his expression. Uh, okay. So the Falcons new coordinators, their offensive coordinators, Zach Robinson and Jimmy Lake. They all had press conferences yesterday, along with special teams coordinator Marquise Williams uh, as well. And uh, or they were on our Dukes and Bell, too. But we got to talking about what Zach Robinson, and we heard from him, too, as to what he's looking for uh, in a QB. Yeah, he didn't didn't get us anything to sink our teeth into. Uh, didn't give us any insight. And I, I just I wonder and I, I listen, I played football, but I've never been in those coaches like rooms building up to the draft or, or new coaching staff or whatever. When you're making some of those decisions, and Zach Robinson, obviously, uh, Raheem Morris as well, getting to know some of these scouts uh, that they probably didn't get a chance to, getting to know Terry and seeing their insight and kind of learning and maybe watching film together or something like that and saying, hey, what do you see in this guy? What do I want in this guy? It's going to be a process. And I, I keep, as we move throughout this, I keep kind of racking my brain, too, of saying, is there somebody out there we're missing? Like, there's, there's a possibility of six first-round quarterbacks there's we, we've talked about Justin Fields we've talked about Russell Wilson's and Kirk Cousins is there anybody else out there is there you know is, is Sam Howell a possibility is Daniel Jones something you'd want to look into is there anybody else that you look at and say boy I'd, I'd like to take a flyer on that guy um and so we're going to continue this process until free agency opens up in a month and I think we'll get more insight at that point but uh, until then it's going to be having to read through Zach Robinson's words and figure out what he's talking about is that the route you want to go though fixing something that didn't work with somebody else or you know or taking a guy late in the, in, in this you know in the draft, and I say late, not in the first round at quarterback. I mean, is that is that where you want? I just don't. That's the thing that that's the thing that worries me with the Justin Fields stuff. Is everybody's like everybody is that is about bringing him here is dead set that he is the guy. No matter oh he Justin Fields, you're in the playoffs right now. I get it. What do you think the percentages? What do you think the percentages? I I don't know. I think it goes. I think it goes up, but I don't. From what it was, like if 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 you go in the year with Desmond, but I I just don't know. I don't know how to answer that because I hear people say, "Well, he doesn't have this and that." He's got he's got weapons around him. He's got good players around him on offense right now. It's not the same. Now he, no, make no mistake, had his best year last year, but I just don't think it's just given, and I don't understand why people are automatically like, well. He's a first round. He'll get a first round pick. Or you'll get that formal. You'll maybe when people when people have these discussions. I feel, I feel like there's a little bit of this. They're only remembering what he did at Ohio State, and nothing he's done in the league is being taken into the argument. And I don't understand that. I just feel like we're not. We don't look at situations the same like we do others. I want a clean slate. I want a guy that you. Unless you get a established guy that has won, like to me, there's only two guys: it's Cousins or Wilson. And if not those, one of those two, then you go get a guy in the draft. That's just my thought. I want someone that Zach Robinson can train and teach this offense, and it'll be you're not having to retrain someone, or they're not a project that you're coming in with limited time with you. You bring in Justin Fields, there's limited time for that project, right? And we know he's not he's a project still, right? 
Am I, am I wrong no, you're on right. that? And, and, and the beauty or, of drafting a guy usually is that you can spend four years and not have to pay him $50 million a year. As you're developing and you get more talent around, deal. that's not going to be the. That's not going to be. If you trade for Justin Fields, you are now. If you give up a first round pick for Justin Fields, you now have to extend him, and he's going to be looking for forty five million a year. So it's it. You, you don't get the bright side of that. Yeah, and I don't believe that. I don't believe you're going. I don't believe he's going to go for that. I think a best you would get for him is a two. And don't tell me that Chicago should get more for him because they're giving up on him. You don't get to say he's not our guy. Wait, uh, reports say they could keep him and still hold on to their pick, yeah, right? That's a possibility, right? I'm sure they would love reports. for that to be floated out there. So, Yeah, that's called uh, trying to up the ante, up the market, <laughs> and, and kind of get the most for you. And they also reportedly have multiple teams in, in, interested already. Um, uh, just already. So it's amazing how that works out. All right, let's go, Garrett. It's time for a look back. Into the mind of Squid Billy. Hey, he might even talk sports. This is the life of Squid on the morning shift. Brought to you by Baron Burton's Breakfast Sauce. So good you'll want breakfast all day. Go to thebreakfastsauce.com or find a retailer near you. That's right. Well, you know, it's tough pill to swallow when you don't get to drive. Um, I'm all right with it, though. We're going to let the, uh, the W Sauce Omaha Steaks AT&T, Gagillionaire, Z71, rest today. Wow. We're going to take Mike's rig. Yeah. My rig. His truck. That's okay. Um, but I got it loaded down, and I think I have a problem, guys. I well, think it's a good thing I have a big truck because we're going to take the whole bed and everything for, for the stuff you pack. I mean, Bo, you basically packed like you were going on a week-long expedition. Well, I, I would say that I think I've found that I have, I don't know if it's a phobia I guess it is because it is a fear. I have this fear whenever I go anywhere. And I had it as a kid. I don't know why because we were a small family. It was a family of four. So it was me and my sister, my dad, and my mom. But maybe it was around the time that uh, her boyfriend started eating dinner with us um, that I had this thing where I'd, I would just load my plate down because I was always afraid there wouldn't be enough food for me. And I don't know why I did that. And I, and I, I, I still have that when I go to a buffet. Like, I'm like, oh, is there going to be enough mac and cheese for me? So now what are you're we? equating that with, yeah. I sometimes I don't know where we're I don't know where you're going with this. Going. Just listen to me. So it, <laughs> it, it equates into the fact that whenever I pack, I always think I'm not going to have enough of, of clothes or enough whatever. So I have packed my bag down. I've got four pairs of jeans, two jogging pants, two sweatpants, uh, three jackets, one in, including a rain jacket. Uh, let's see, about eight t-shirts, um, two or three, two pairs of basketball shorts with a pair of, of regular shorts they for going out. They are gone for not even three pairs of three shoes. Three days, four days? Four days. I only he's, brought, he's, I only he's brought one He's got one more belt. pair of pants than I do underwear, I think. Like, That's I mean, I just, I don't. Insane. Oh, I brought seven tank tops and like six pairs of undies. I don't You're going to be an interesting old person. When you get old, you might actually you're going to be a hoarder when you. That's when what you're I was older. just going to. I'm yeah. technically according to my wife already. Uh, um, uh, Dude, intervention. Uh, like a, I'm not a I'm not a hoarder for the TV show yet, but I'm along those lines. Like That's I'm how the it guy. Starts, man. I'm the guy that I'll take. You know when you get those. Um, you ever you ever mounted a TV? Yeah. You know how they give you way too much stuff. Way too many screws. You know what I do with all that stuff? You keep it. I keep it because you're weird. I take oh man. I take those chocolate covered almond uh, tubs from uh, the Sam's. No, Club. you don't. Just Save listen those. to me. Do you screw the lid into the? <laughs> no, 
No, just listen to me. You put the me. screws in the... Okay, go, I go. put the screws that I get extra from any time I build anything or whatever, and I put them in those. So I have a, a tub but it's of... Just a, but they're not organized. It's just a tub of miscellaneous no, they're just, screws. They're but just, you realize next time you buy a TV mount, they're going to have all those same screws in that one, Yeah, but too. what if those screws will fix something else? Like what? Like what? I don't know. Hell, anything. Think, think, I mean, it'd just be worth it to go to Home Depot at that point. But I don't have to go to Home Depot because I got this tub of screws right there. Well, you're going to have to fish through the screws to I, see what you have. It's not even in a... I thought he was going to say he screws the lid into the bottom of the shelf so that he can... That's where he's... You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Where you, I you see, see the, the life yeah. hack thing where he yeah. screws the, the actual almond... Man, I am learning... Home. We are nothing alike. Tiff. Okay? I just Tiff. want to put that back out there. Every time you guys say we're, all, we're nothing alike. Tiff, he sent a picture of his, his cart at Sam's with his chocolate-covered almonds, and he was like, hey, guys, packing for the trip. And he got... Absolutely roasted on our group text about our Daytona. Bingle. Chocolate covered. Well, Bingle goes, I'm I'm assuming those are for your significant others. And I was like, nah, man. I get hungry late at night. They thought it was a Valentine's Day gift. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Dylan. Dylan loves chocolate covered. I mean, I do too, but I don't know if I would throw that in the group chat. Like, hey, guys, we're going to Rage in Daytona. Two thirty blocks of beer, a 40 pack of water, and some chocolate covered. Party. Here you go, baby. This hour brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Go to MarkSpain.com to get the guaranteed offer in your home today and start packing. Uh, Daytona. <laughs> packing. Yes. Oh All right, bro. All right. Up next, we've got NFL draft analyst for the athletic, Dane Brugler, joining us here on the show. Stick around for that. We'll see what the Falcons might do. That's up next on the morning shift on Sports Radio 99 the game. Back to more of the morning shift with Tiffany, Mike, and Bo on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We are back here on the morning shift, and we are going straight to the WadeFord.com hotline. That is where we find NFL draft analyst for the Athletic, Dane Brugler, joining us here on the show. Good morning, Dane. Good to have you. Thanks for having me, guys. So we're in here, I guess, scheming, probably trying to do your job. Yeah, I was going to say amateur hour in here, but yeah, scheming. The Falcons had the eighth overall pick, and so we were thinking, hey, is it, could they move? What, maybe would they try to trade up, trade back? What could happen with this? And so we have you here for that. (laughs) (laughs) Are they they standing pat, uh, Dane? Do you think uh, there's anybody worth them trading up for, I guess, is the first question. Obviously, the the question that needs to be answered first and foremost is what what are they going to do at quarterback? Uh, right. And it'll be interesting as they go through this draft class. Is there one quarterback that above the rest stands out as, okay, that's our guy. That's who we need to go get. Um, obviously there's a, uh, it's kind of a, a, a new era with Atlanta and the direction they want to take this team. And it makes sense that they want to uh, bring in a new quarterback to kind of uh, head that up. And, you know, this is a, if you have a need for a quarterback in the top 10, uh, this is a good year to be picking that early. Because we have three guys at the top. And I, I think something for fans to remember, too, is this isn't, uh, you know, the goal of drafting a quarterback that early in the top 10 should not be, okay, let's find the next Patrick Mahomes. Let's find the next uh, Joe Burrow. That that shouldn't be the goal because it's, it's unrealistic. It's, it's, you're going to be, you're going to end up disappointed if that's what your goal is. Uh, but the goal should be to find a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the NFL. Uh, can this guy at some point during his rookie contract 
ascend to that type of status because that means he's helping you compete for the division, compete for uh, you know in the playoffs. And once you get into the postseason, it's just about uh, making a run. And so, can we find a quarterback in this top ten who can be a top ten quarterback in the NFL at some point during his rookie contract? And I think we have three guys in this class that you can talk yourself into uh, being that type of passer, being that type of pro. So um, now I don't think they're going to go up get Caleb Williams. I think I'll be shocked if Caleb Williams is not a Chicago bear at this time, you know, two and a half months from now, but Drake may Jaden Daniels uh, are either of these two guys worth maybe trying to trade up, uh, you know, going up in three in new England, uh, what it would cost to go that high is one of these quarterbacks worth it. Uh, it's certainly going to be, uh, and it's, if you're the Falcons, you're going through these scenarios right now. You don't want to be caught off guard by anything. You're going through, okay, this is what it would cost to do this. What if he falls to four? Are we willing to do this? So you're going through all these different scenarios as you build your board uh, and, and go to the combine. So it's, it's going to be for interesting next two months for this team. Dane, I want to ask, too, when you're talking about, uh, listen, I, I, that's exactly what the Falcons are doing, and Terry Fontenot is saying who's good, who's worth you know, jumping up for, who's mm-hmm. worth falling back for. What is the, the, the difference? How big is the gap, I guess, between the top player, be it Drake May, Caleb Williams, whoever, whoever you have valued there, and a guy like uh, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, who might be on the, the back end of the first round? What is the gap, do you think, between a lot of these players, these top five, six, seven quarterbacks that could be first-rounders? I think the answer to that is going to be different depending on who you talk to. You know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And it's so, so true with quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, there's no such thing as a quarterback whisperer. You know, there have been, you know, Brock Purdy was the final pick of, uh, of the draft two years ago. And obviously we've seen how that's worked out. You know, it's situation matters. And I think the biggest thing is making sure that does this guy fit what we want to do? And, we, we, you know, when we, if we bring him into our locker room, is Bo Nix a fit? for our offense, the way that our uh, roster is constructed, the way we want to play, um, you know, Zach Robinson, the way he wants to call plays. So I, I think that's first and foremost is making sure that the quarterbacks, uh, they align with the, your vision for your offense. That, that's the biggest thing. And then the next thing is, okay, what type of talent do they have where it's going to make a, you know, what type of impact are they going to bring for us? And for me, Bo Nix and Michael Penix are more, fringe NFL starters, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I, I don't see them as guys that are going to ascend a top 12 status in, in the NFL. J.J. McCarthy from Michigan is an interesting one because he's just, he's not ready. You know, he is a, uh, a guy that's going to take some time to develop, and I'm not sure that necessarily fits with Atlanta's timeline. Um, I'm, so I you just keep coming back to these top three guys as if you're, if you're not going to drop one of these top, draft one of these top three guys, I'm not sure that I'm drafting a quarterback uh, early. You know, is, is it worth drafting a Michael Penix in the second round, or is that just the same thing we did with Desmond Ritter? You know, a, a solid quarterback who um, I'm not sure really gives us a huge advantage. And so, if I'm not going to make a big splash in free agency or a trade, you know, like a Justin Fields type of trade, I'm going to be looking at all my scenarios to make sure I get one of those top three quarterbacks this year. Because uh, quarterback is not one of those positions that I want to compromise on. I want to go get my guy. And, and for me, it's one of those top three guys this year. Dane, who is the best edge rusher in this uh, in this draft? I know we have Dallas Turner up there, but there's some other names in there. Mm-hmm. Who, in your evaluation at this point before the combine, who's the best edge rusher? 
Yeah, I lean Dallas Turner uh, just because I think he has the best mix of he's a, first of all he's a freaky athlete. I mean, he looks the way he moves. He could play middle linebacker and be just fine. Um, but he's also stout against the run. Um, he's he has a production that you want. He had 11 sacks this past year. Led the SEC in sacks. Um, he's not quite on the same level as Will Anderson was a year ago. His former teammate and uh, really his mentor. Uh, but he is a guy that has all the talent in the world. And so, uh, you know, I, I think what he put on film and then how you project him forward, I, I think Dallas Turner, he has a good chance to not only be the first pass rusher drafted, but maybe the first defensive player drafted. Um, and, you know, I, I think that second tier of pass rushers, Jared Verse from Florida State, a really good player. Uh, you, you love the power. Um, you know, he's a very well-rounded guy. Um, and then Chop Robinson from Penn State, he has the best get-off in this draft. I can't wait to see his 10-yard split at the Combine. Uh, he's just so, so explosive. And then Liatu Latu from uh, UCLA. Not the biggest, not necessarily the fastest, but he is a technician with his hands. His ability to break down blockers is really impressive. So with all these guys, I think you have a, a little bit of uh, you know a, def- a different uh, uh, flavors with each one of these guys. But for me, Dallas Turner is the best all-around guy with the freaky talent, has the production, uh, you know, can play the run, can move him around. He's a versatile guy. So, yeah, Dallas Turner stands apart uh, from the rest of these guys for me. Dane, before we let you go, man, real quick, um, and I'm not going to ask you the way that a lot of people might ask this question, and, 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 and you brought up Justin Fields earlier. Obviously, there's a lot of talk around Atlanta. He's an Atlanta native mm-hmm. just up the road. This is how I want you to answer this, though. If Justin Fields was a part of this draft, where would you have him rated? Would he be part of that top three? Would he go where he did last time in the draft? Or is he a guy that you see as being as valuable as somebody maybe later on in the first round? Yeah, and I think it's it's tough to answer that because with, with Fields, you have to factor in the contract. You know, you have to factor in the money part of all this. Um, and, you know, with, with the uh, prospects, with Jaden Daniels or Drake May, you know you have them for at least the next five years at a relatively – cheaper contract where with Justin Fields that the rent's come and due. you're going to have to make a, a big decision on him. And so that affects, I think where necessarily he fits in this conversation, but just based off of talent, um, I, I think that he would probably be fighting for quarterback three with Jaden Daniels um, as a guy that is a true dual threat. Uh, he, it's not an apples to apples comparison uh, with Lamar Jackson, but defenses have to defend you Uh, the same way that they defend uh, Lamar Jackson because you are a true dual threat. And that's what Jaden Daniels brings. That's what Justin Fields brings, the ability to create those big plays. So there's some inconsistencies to his game. But, again, bet on the young talent and, you know, see what your coaches can do with him. But, again, with Fields, it is a little more of a a convoluted conversation because you know that 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 contract is uh, coming up due pretty soon and you're going to have to make a big decision – about whether or not you're going to pay him over $100 million. And that's something that is a, a franchise changer, uh, something that uh, is, is not going to be done lightly. So, yeah, that, that's a big step to the whole process. A really big step. The draft will be here before you know it. Dane, thanks for joining us this morning. Good stuff, man. Anytime. Take care, guys. You too. That was draft analyst, NFL draft analyst for The Athletic, Dane Brugler joining us here. You could follow him at DP Brugler on X. Up next, we'll find out what's coming up on the Steakhouse. Stay with us here on Sports Radio 99 The Game.